Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Just the Tips. I'm James P. Friel, joined by the very good-looking Dean Holland, hailing from the United Kingdom. Dean Holland, how are you today? Hey, 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 coming in good. (laughs) Excellent. Dean actually had to uh, handle the second half of uh, one of our episodes recently because my sound equipment went faulty. And Dean, I just wanted to acknowledge what an amazing job you did during that very trying time for our (laughs) our new podcast, Thank you for doing that. And today we are uh, we're joined by a very special guest, somebody who uh, has certainly helped out me a ton and uh, a lot of other people I know in helping get their Facebook ads dialed in. John Parks, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> it's great to have you. And as I mentioned in our uh, our chat just a minute before the show started, our objective here is to basically extract your wisdom on Facebook ads so that by the time you leave the show, we are as wise, knowledgeable, and proficient at Facebook ads as you are. So This is awesome. Yeah, it's a tall order to do in just a few minutes, but I think if anyone could do it, it's you. Hey, you know, I mean, some people go to college for eight years. Some people learn it all in 30 minutes. It's all cool. If you're asking me, this is a way better way to do it. Heck yeah, why not? <laughs> it seems like a lot, a lot more efficient than uh, spending eight years. So so really, one, one of the first things I want to just jump right into is... You know, talk about the Facebook ad platform for a second. I think there's a lot of, you know, especially in the internet marketing community, you know, people are always looking for the next thing, right? And everyone's like, oh, Facebook's going away because, you know, Snapchat's here. This is happening and that's happening and whatever. Like, what is your view on the Facebook ad platform currently? And do you feel like we should all be running for the hills or is this a place for us to really dig in and make some money? That's an awesome question. So if you look at the real numbers and you don't listen to the, the guys that are trying to sell you something, <laughs> which is me, but if you look at this, <laughs> which is all of us. So if you don't look, you don't listen to any of us. If you don't, so if you if you look at the real numbers, right? Every month, month after month after month, and without fail to date, Facebook adds more people that stay on longer. It has not yet have a, had a retraction. So there are more people in the planet that are on Facebook, and more of them spend longer time on Facebook. So whoever's saying, oh, this is the disrupting platform, this is the disrupting platform, Facebook's going away, A, they're probably trying to sell you something, and B, you got to be on Facebook. It is it is Google. It's that big. It, there's billions of people on it now. It's as big as Google. So it, it like it is the internet. It, it exists across all internet. So yeah. You're saying just forget about all the hype. Let's look at the fundamentals of this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do not, like a platform that continues to grow by millions and millions of people on a consistent basis probably isn't something that we need to run away from just yet. Like using some very common sense. <laughs> In my opinion, and obviously I hope this is the case because I love running ads on Facebook, but Um, In my opinion, Facebook is as permanent as Google. Like, it's just always there. Everyone has, at this point, everyone has an email account and everyone has a Facebook profile. Like, those two things coexist and you can't be without them. 
And so I feel like those two things are permanent. That's the digital world we live in as of what, look back 15, 20 years, everyone had an email account and everyone currently has one. I mean, you can't not have one. Oh, I don't have email. That, you never heard of that. And it's at the point now where it's like, well, I don't have Facebook. I mean, it could be like, well, I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. Yeah, that might be you. But everybody has a Facebook profile and everybody has an email address. So all these people that are being added and you said they're spending more and more time Mm -hmm. on Facebook, like the trend is up. Like how much time is the average person actually spending on Facebook right now? Do you happen to know that? Yeah, if I if I remember right, and it's different for every demographic, right? But it sure looked like 20 to 30 minutes a day. If I remember the, the graph I was looking at the other day at an average. So there's some that are hours on some that are like on it for 12 hours a day, like me and some that are on it for, for just 15, 20 minutes. So yeah. Yeah. Dean, Dean is always ser- 23 and a half hours, I think is his max on Facebook searching, <laughs> you know, articles on how to, you know, do his hair and his beard and his makeup. <laughs> I left 30 minutes for potty and uh, food breaks. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. But thank God for the mobile platform. Cause he doesn't ever have to let go. It's really 30 minutes for a quick cat nap before he hops back on Facebook. So he's, he's maybe on the other side of people who are over consuming Facebook. Right. Okay. So in terms of running great Facebook ads, so the fundamental underlying conditions for success are there, right? Tons of people are there. Engagement is really high. Eyeballs, attention, everything is there on Facebook. How do you take what is basically a the attention span of a gnat on Facebook, right? Because there's so much content scrolling through all the time. How do you create ads that hook people in in that short a time and use them to grow a business, right? I think that gap is the big gap for a lot of people. They're like, okay, cool. All my friends are there. But every time I've tried to use Facebook for ads, I just lose money. <laughs> so maybe it doesn't work, right? So how, how does it work? Because you're one of the guys that actually does make it work. That's a great question. That's a fascinating question. Yeah, it's different because, and I was explaining this to Russell the other day, and it's interesting to look at, look at it this way. I don't think a lot of us do, but other ad platforms are really popular. The one AdWords by Google, for example, people are there looking for what you're offering. Like, the only way to get an ad in front of somebody on the Google platform is for them to search for it. I want to buy flip-flops. Throw my pen around here. And then you show them an ad that, that where you're selling flip-flops, right? So it's very congruent that way. Which is interesting because, because it limits your scope. There's only so many people typing in, I want to buy flip-flops or related keyword searches. And so you can only run ads to those people. That's the way Google works. Um, with Facebook... You might understand because you've seen them come into your shop that everyone between the age of 25 and 45 that's male that looks like a hippie wears flip-flops, right? So, and so you know that demographic. And so you can basically market to the entire planet who's in that bubble, who's in that range that you've identified to the entire planet of it, whether or not they're searching for them because they're the type who do buy them, right? Kind of like why when you're in a in the supermarket and you go through the checkout stand, there's Snickers bars everywhere because the type of people who go to the grocery store are the type of people who buy Snickers bars. I mean, the demographic matches, and which is most of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so they put them there, not because I was ever going to the grocery store to buy a Snickers bar, which does happen sometimes, but but not always. In fact, I would say 90% of my Snickers bar purchases were not because I was going to the grocery store to buy them. Mm. I just happened to be like, you know what? That does look good. I'm going to grab one of those. I've got 220 calories to burn. So in the Facebook world, that's the same thing. You're going to put your ads in front of people who would want to see it, right? And so this is getting to your question in a long roundabout way. So first off, making sure that the people who are seeing your ads are interested or, or are the type who would be interested in your stuff. 
And so, so, so that's one piece of it is, is the targeting side of making sure that your ad is appealing. Because if you, even if it's the most amazing video or image or copy or whatever, and it's about a American girl doll, I'm still not interested, right? Dean, Dean would be, just as a side note, it's very interesting you use that example because Dean has a very <laughs> large collection of American Girl dolls. They just haven't been brought into his office yet, but they'll be, they'll be rest assured, they'll be lining the walls soon. So just, I'm waiting for one to like creep up in the corner of the. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, there goes my surprise. You come and attack him like some pretty looking Chucky. <laughs> so you got to make sure you're hitting the right people. And, and what's it, on that note, I'll tell you my secret on how to think about targeting because I think a lot of people do it the wrong way. So the, the traditional approach that at least everyone that I coach seems to come at it like, oh, who would be interested in my ad? Oh, um, that person over there, they might be interested. Somebody who likes James Friel, they may be interested in my ad, so I might as well add them to my targeting. Uh, people who like Tony Robbins, no, they may be interested. But that's not the right question because what you do is you get a whole bunch of they may be interested in your pile and you're running ads to everybody, including those who aren't interested. So that's the wrong approach. You need to approach it backwards. You need to, you need to approach it like, was it Da Vinci who, who carved the David out of marble? And although... Obviously, we don't have any transcription or anyone recording him saying this, but there's a legend that he said, well, what I did was I just took away everything mm-hmm. that wasn't mm. the David statue, and that's how I got such a beautiful statue, right? So of this big block of marble, he carved off what wasn't there. It was already inside. He just needed to cut away, right? So that's how you need to approach it. You need to think about your Facebook ad targeting as, what can I cut out? Okay, now I'm now I'm at this block of people. Who else can I cut out who aren't interested? Who else can I cut out who, who isn't interested? And how can I cut out more who aren't interested? And then you come down to this like very, very specific, and you are pretty sure that you've cut out everyone who's not a buyer. And so for your best thought process, you know, through your best thought processes, you've got the ones who are buyers, right? You've got that David statue. That's how you run your targeting. So that alone can make even the lamest ad interesting because it's on target. Right. So, so I think if I'm if I'm hearing correctly, you're saying one of the biggest mistakes that most people make is just their targeting is not on point. They're showing what could be a really cool thing to somebody who has absolutely zero interest in it. And the problem there is that you're now spending ad dollars to people who really don't care. To use a biblical reference, you're throwing your pearls before swine. Like they just don't care. So it's like it's like showing me an American Girl ad. I'm not interested, but showing it to Dean, and he's very interested. Exactly. <laughs> so that's one part of making sure that your ads are effective. What's that? What's that, Dean? I couldn't hear you behind the American Girl doll. Does anyone have the link for this website? Just like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I just need to place some orders right now. <laughs> just please, I need to buy a doll. <laughs> the best part about the show is we just sit here and make fun of Dean the whole time. Is this like? Yeah, that's part of the show. <laughs> okay. That's part of the structure. Okay, it's part of our format. <laughs> okay, glad we understand that. Okay, so the other part that is after making an interesting ad is you got to think about. So, think about Facebook as a scrolling platform, different than Google, where you're like clicking through and you're hopping to pages and stuff like that. Facebook is very linear. There's not a lot of clicking going on. You're just kind of going like this. You're kind of just scrolling up your phone or your desktop, right? So it's very much a scrolling platform. So everything is vertical. And so the question is, how can you stop the scroll? Is what I ask myself, right? Mm. Right. And so. While the Facebook ad has multiple pieces, it has an image, it has the text or the sales copy around it, it has call to actions, you know, and then it has the destination that you send people to. There's lots of pieces to the Facebook ad, but the biggest piece when it comes to scroll stopping is the visual, right? Because I'm not going to stop scrolling because I saw some text. Scrolling's too fast for catching text. Mm. So the first thing that people 
hit is the visual. Whether you're making a carousel ad, which is images that shift left to right, whether you're making a static image ad that just sits right in the middle or where you've got a, whether you've got a video, you know, any of those pieces of media are available on Facebook ads, but, but the question is, is that going to stop the scroll? Right. So some things to think about are the Facebook ad platform is a really pretty blue, gray, and white. So what are the colors in your ad? Are they blending in or are they popping out? You need something that pops out. You can kind of test this out with a double monitor. If you look at the wrong monitor and scroll through Facebook and see which images make you stop. And you know what I mean? So there's like, there's colors that can make, that can pop like oranges, yellows, reds, things like that. Even blacks, something that's on a black matrix pops against the white really well. Hmm. A black background, you know, things like that. The other thing that can, that can pop are... It's, it's Facebook, right? And we're there to look at people. And so when we see a head and shoulder shot with eyeballs looking towards us, we stop. So if, if you had a choice between a profile shot or a straight on shot, the straight on shot tends to outconvert. Bizarre things stop the scroll. Are you familiar with native ads? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're hanging out in Forbes or CNN or some big site like that and you're reading some article. And then at the bottom, there's these these bizarre images that pop up that are like of some <laughs> ancient you know, Aztec fruit or something that has spikes coming out of it. And if you eat this, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll cure your diabetes, but gosh, I don't know if I can swallow that. Right. So <laughs> anyway, as an extreme example of uh, one of my most successful ads, actually, that was yours. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So like, as a, as a, if you want to go get an extreme example and to kind of understand what, what pops, look at native ads, like go read a Forbes article and look at the bottom and be like, oh, wow, looks like if I wrap a hand wrapped in saran wrap that that's under a heat lamp, you know, this gets rid of wrinkles, it says. Like for, you stop and you look at that, whether or not it's bizarre. So make sure it's obviously make sure it's congruent with your message and stuff like that. But as another idea of what can stop a scroll is something that's out of place or bizarre. I think that's an interesting point that you make. So how much does curiosity play into creating a great Facebook ad? So it's, it's one strategy for sure. You can definitely have curiosity images. The, the risk is getting off topic, right? Or off right. So you have something bizarre on there or something that's visually intriguing or something like that. And then, and then people click through and now it's your boring sales page and has nothing to do with what they initially saw. All of a sudden you have a huge bounce rate. Bounce being people hit your page and go away without doing anything else, right? I'll tell you an example of, uh, of how to spend your money and get amazing numbers without making anything. This is a this is a bad example. So <laughs> once I was coaching this guy, and he may be listening, and he probably knows the story, but I'll just call him the guy. So once there was this guy running these ads, right? And the first thing he showed me was his numbers, right? His Facebook stats, because I like to look at those. I'm a nerd and like to look at the numbers first. So I look at the numbers and I was like, holy cow, I have never seen click-through rate this high. I've never seen clicks this cheap on pretty on decent targeting. He wasn't targeting some crap that would get him get him cheap and fit clicks. It was good targeting and amazing click-through rate and amazing cost per click. I'm talking like pennies for a click and click-through rates and like 15% or something. Anyway, so I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know, maybe I'm just a genius. I'm like, yeah, but why aren't you making any money? Anyway, so we went to look at the ads. Because <laughs> I'm not that much <laughs> of a genius. <laughs> we went to look at the ads and we had like the most, how do I say this appropriately? dripping sexy image of this woman working out and it was like i was surprised facebook approved it because they they have they have guidelines right and it was barely approved maybe because some guy was drinking when they approved it or something but it was close it was it was (laughs) so so barely approved and i was like dude 
And so we went and looked at his numbers, right? And guess who was clicking? Middle-aged guys. 25 to 45 males were clicking through and doing nothing on his page because she wasn't on the page. She wanted to see more of her. Like, oh, what? oh yeah, that's a good picture. Let's click more on that and let's see more of her. And then it was like, she wasn't there on the next page. And so no action taken on the page, but amazing click through. So don't do that. What was he selling just out It of was curiosity. a workout thing. It was a workout program. Um, right. She wasn't involved. If she was involved, I mean, that's a good person to hire apparently. So yeah, maybe you should have just started looking for her <laughs> instead so, of right? me. <laughs> <laughs> she would have helped in sales. <laughs> Definitely. So obviously, you know, you're you're doing a ton of Facebook advertising for Russell and for ClickFunnels and, you know, all of that stuff. And you've had a number of conversations with me and, you know, with a lot of the people that that we all know on the use of Facebook lives and videos and things like that. Can you talk a little bit about when you might want to use videos versus, you know, just still ads and, and that sort of thing? Like, how do you decide? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, lately we've been doing this tactic that works really well for us. So we'll do a video, a video ad, whether we whether we do it live or whether we upload it, and that'll be our lead in to the conversation. So I guess that's another thing, uh, James, to think about is Think of your ads potentially as, as a conversation, as a sales funnel or per se, on an, or an ad funnel that you're going to be having with these people. You're going to be interacting with them multiple times to get them to buy. And so the lead out, or what, what we like to do is we like to lead with a video. And this isn't always the case, but this is a tactic we've been doing. And we lead with a video that's really interesting and, you know, and teaches a concept or, or gets them riled up about some topic, you know, and it's very, it's very uh, relevant to them because, we, you know, we targeted them and it's really relevant to them. And so we lead with a video and they watch a certain percentage of the video. And if they do, if they hit at least halfway through the video, then we retarget them with a still image that matches up to them in their minds. They see it and they're like, OK, I did watch a video about this. Now here's an offer about it. And then they see that offer and they go buy. And then if they don't buy, then again, we hit them with with a different still, you know, just a static image that's basically making them feel like an idiot for not buying. We do that quite mm. a bit <laughs> because I mean, we know that status converts, right? And so we really try to play off of that sometimes in the retargeting ads. So if they hit the page and saw the offer and then they didn't buy, we come back and be like, are you crazy? Because we think you're crazy because this is an amazing offer and all your friends are doing it and you're not doing it, right? Kind of a concept. Mm. So it's like... Is that like the actual words used? Is that the is that the angle? So the, so the actual words, yeah. So one of them says like, hey, we saw you didn't buy the book. Are you crazy? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like cool. we've we've had uh, we've had a lot of people get a lot of success with this. There must be something wrong with you that you haven't taken action yet. Exactly. You you could totally say that. That's the thing is like sometimes just <laughs> I mean almost tongue in cheek, right? With some humor because they like that too. But but you're infusing the idea of you really should have done this. You made a mistake by going away. Come back, right? So so go going back to the the lead in with the video. Yeah. Are you guys using that? You know because that stops the scroll faster because it's cheaper to get the video views. I know there's strategy behind this because you guys spend tons of money because I know that because I know because I target Russell's audience and my CPMs on his audience are really high. <laughs> so I know you guys are driving it up. So like, what's the what's the strategy behind that lead in with the video? Like, when would I want to use that? Yeah, so there's a few strategies. So you do want it to stop the scroll. So a lot of that comes with putting a thumbnail in front of the video and your Facebook allows you to choose from one of 10 thumbnails that they grab from your video just magically they determine that these are these are good still shots from your video or they allow you to custom upload one and since we have a graphics guy just sitting no eight feet away from me i usually use him to get me a good thumbnail 
but you can usually find one in the 10 that Facebook snaps from your video. So you get a good thumbnail where, where it looks like there's action happening and you're left out, right? So your spokesperson, per se, if it's a head and shoulders type video, is halfway through a word, their hands are in the air, their eyebrows are raised, something like that, or they're showing emotion, right? And then surrounding the video, whether you actually have a graphics person lay it over the video in kind of a meme style, or whether mm. you put it in the text above or below, use emoticons, right, to try to convey emotion. And those seem to stop the scroll really well. Mm. But maybe your video is a rant. Maybe you have some soapbox, which, by the way, is very effective, to stand on some soapbox that your demographic is going to get on board with. I mean, I'll just give you an example. For example, if you were to... Run it, like Gary Gary Vaynerchuk did an ad like this. Um, ju- I just saw it um, yesterday. And the headline was, why I don't give a, and he's very vocal, so I don't give an F about, about the, and then he has this globe, right? Or changes to the globe, right? And as I was like, Gary Vee doesn't care about the environment? So I was like, I've got to listen to this, right? Whether or not, like, I'm the environment guy, I've got to listen to what he's saying, because that's so controversial for him to say that, Right. And so I click on it, and what he means is the changes in in the economy and stuff like that. He doesn't mean that, but I'm sure everybody who scrolled through there thought he was talking about, you know, Gary Vee has some rant about the environment. And he goes off. He's a rant person. And so anyway, I sat there and listened to the video and was interested and stopped the scroll and stuff like that. So those those icons or emoticons help, whether they're faces or things, you know, or a pizza slice or something, whatever kind of matches your message. So those help stop the scroll. So why the video then? The video because when somebody's watching a video – so I guess you would contrast it with an image. If all I did was saw a still shot of you, James, or you, Dean, with your dolls, and... <laughs> I stopped the scroll right there. I stopped the scroll. <laughs> I did stop the scroll. You're right. Um, and then I click through the landing page. All I know about you is maybe some sales copy and a still image. Like, that's all I've got as an intro to you. And now I'm, I'm trying to learn about you. And, like, people buy you more than they buy the product, they say, right? That's a common phrase. And so, I mean, maybe you sold them in the text, but maybe you didn't. Maybe you've got a video on your landing page. That could help. But if in the idea of shortening the funnel, bring your landing page video onto Facebook so they don't even have to leave in order to be introduced to you. So now they start interacting with you in a video, right? And they watch two or three minutes of video of you and they know you now. They know James. They know the bizarre way you, you talk and move your head and the and the things you're interested in and stuff like that, right? So like... <laughs> so. <clears throat> Not that you do that, but... Um, it's too late. It's been said. <laughs> it's, it's already been said. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> but so like, you know what I mean? So like there's this intro that happens with a video. And so we find that while click-through rate on a video is lower, um, conversion is higher because they know you, mm. like you, and trust you. You've built that trust through some video content. Mm. So yeah, that's kind of why we leave this video. Does that make sense? So now after that point, once, once we've tagged them as somebody who watches our videos or did watch our video... We can chase them around with image ads all day long, which have a higher click-through rate because they already know us. And then do you, uh, are you guys, you know, obviously you're building, you're building your custom audience list as well from the people who are watching the videos. Have you found that your ability to get, you know, a pixel or a video view on that is cheaper than getting somebody to that landing page? And that's a great way to get a more cost-effective pixel. Oh, that's a good question. So, yeah, so with custom audiences, there's there's basically three ways you can be list building inside of Facebook. You know, one's engagement, them them engaging with your page or watching your videos, things like that. Another is you uploading data and another is them hitting your page and start, you know, and then you can fire and hit them. So, yes, we find that list building off of Facebook engagement is huge. It is very effective mm. and it's inexpensive and it's high converting. Those sound like good things if you're if you're asking me. 
Yeah, so definitely, and it doesn't it doesn't it cost you like about 15 seconds, maybe 20 seconds if you have a slow connection to set up an, a, a custom audience that just says, hey, Facebook, why don't you start building a list off of people who are watching my video? And that's all you have to say. And just out of interest on that, because I, th- I think they ask you, like it's on percentage, right? So you can specify how much percent. Is there kind of like a golden rule that you work towards? Like if they've watched at least X amount, that's the audience I want or? Yeah, that's an awesome question. So I try to think, so there's a couple of things I'm thinking through when I choose that percentage. One is what's the length of my video? Is it like a half hour video, which sometimes I do use as a video ad. That's rare, not typically recommended, but there are certain times I need to use a half hour video. You know, maybe I think there was a double your reading one where we actually sat there and watched a speed reader read through Russell Brunson's latest book, Expert Secrets. And at that video itself, it was very entertaining and very, very well, very dynamic and very well memed. So I was okay with running a half hour video ad. But in that case, I, I did a low, lower percentage team. Like if they watched 25% of that video, meaning they got, you know, eight, eight minutes through it, they sat, they sat and watched for eight minutes. That's enough for me, right? But if it's a two minute long video, I want them to at least get to the 75% mark. I rarely go to the, so like the, the cutoffs are 25%, 50, 75, and 95. I rarely go to the 95% mark because just knowing myself, if I've gotten three quarters of the way through the video, I know what the video is all about. I consider it watched myself and I move on, right? In social media. So there are quite a few people who watch 75% of your video, felt like they consumed everything and moved on. So I stop at that point. Do you retarget people who have done less than 25% with the image ad? Or are they like not even, you know, it's like, all right, they only watched 25% of a three minute video. Maybe they've heard enough and then they found out they weren't interested. Yeah. I usually, I don't think I've ever gone below 25% on a video. Right. uh, Retarget. Yeah. So somewhere between the 25 and 75% range is where your sweet spot is for those. It is. Yep. And so here's on that note, there's something else really cool that you can do depending on your Facebook fan page size um, and people interacting with it. Well, I guess independent of that, because you can have a small budget if you want, but you can target fans, right? We all know how to do that. You can put up an ad set and say, okay, run it to all my fans. But now there's a new layer in it's in a custom audience and you can say, okay, I just want to target fans who've actually engaged with me over a time period. Mm. So what you're doing there is think of the David statue. You're cutting off some of that marble. That's not that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. They were your fans. They liked your page three years ago, but now they've forgotten about you. They don't know who you are. Why are you, why are you spending to, to get in front of them? Unless you're trying to grow your fan base, which is a strategy, but it's not a cost-effective click and purchase strategy. Mm-hmm. It's a different strategy. It's a list building strategy. But yes, if you're trying, if you're trying, trying to get that efficient ad spend to dollar earned ratio, run an ad set to a custom audience of your fans who are still engaging with you or have in the last 90 days. Hmm. And that becomes a very effective ad target. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, uh, I should have, I should have said this at the beginning, but you know, you and, and, and Russell are doing such amazing things that I understand that even venture capital firms who have come and talked to you guys about click funnels are saying, there's no way that you're getting customers this cheap. In fact, you know, they're, they're just totally blown away. So is this, you know, this things that we've been talking about for the listener who's, you know, either trying to get a campaign going or, you know, has a campaign that's sort of struggling, should they just yeah. come back to the basics? Like we've been talking about here about, you know, finding the target, going with a lead in that could get something at a cost effective rate and, you know, start building that relationship. Like, cause you've had, I mean, to say that you guys have had phenomenal success with this is, pretty ridiculous understatement. 
Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you've you've built a you know sixty million dollar plus company using these strategies. I mean, that's really what what we're talking about here. So so for somebody who's you know who doesn't have all of the resources and everything like that already. Uh-huh. You know, what's what's the best way for that person to get started with, you know, some of the things that you've been talking about here? Okay, so that's an awesome question. So what works amazing for us and just reaffirmed Dan Henry's another Facebook advertiser that, you know, that that's out there and he's a great guy. But he, he threw out a video just I think it was yesterday or the day before and I, I watched it and it was like, oh, that's I'm glad you're saying that because I say the same thing. Right. And, he, and his whole his whole model was give away something amazing for free. And that's what we do. So like like you're saying, you know, venture capitalists come and, and other software companies, software as a service companies, they come and they and they're like, How the heck are you getting people to subscribe to software as cheap as you're getting it? Yeah. I mean, it, it should cost you about three it should take you about three to four months to recoup your ad spend, according to them, um, when you're selling software. So to get a customer, it should cost you about three or four times what they're gonna pay you over, you know, over over the month. So um, which is a horrible like, thought for us, right? Because we aren't VC based and we don't have piles of someone else's money to burn in order to acquire customers that will eventually break even, right? We want to break even real soon or be profitable on the front. So, so how do we do it? So we don't sell the software. Rarely do we sell that software. Rarely is the ad, ClickFunnels is an amazing software. Here are all of its benefits and you should come over and join it because that costs about what venture capitalists expect, you know, costs couple hundred dollars to make that sale and we did try that at first and it doesn't work Mm. so what do we do instead we give away something we say hey over here is just a whole bunch of free website templates they are proven high converting we've been using them. other people have used them come over here they're free just get them just come grab them totally free right and they click through and they come over to our blog where there's a whole list of links they can click on them whatever template interests them you know whether they want to you know sell a book or whether they want to you know, sell stuff or whether they want to give away trainings or whatever it is, we've got templates for them, different styles, modeling other, you know, gurus in the market, things like that. So they click and they get the free template. Well, in order to interact with the template in ClickFunnels, you have to set up a ClickFunnels software account. Okay, great. That's fine. I'll set it up. It's free. It's a free trial. So they set it up, right? So boom, we have a software customer who came in because we gave them an offer. We weren't trying to just sell them on the benefits of the software. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. So to lead with that, you know, and, and to, to tell you, you know, kind of the other examples I've seen lately is that it, like a most amazing and coveted training, like here's, a, you know, like lead with the benefit, right? So here's the result that you'll get without this pain. Free training. Come over here. I'm teaching it to you for free, completely for free. Come over here and get it. And they come over there and they get it. And then, you know, maybe it's how to increase conversions on your site or whatever. Like here's five tactics and exact case studies of how we increase conversions on our landing page. Well, they come over and they opt in, you know, they join your list to get to get access to it. And the next page gives them that half hour training totally for free. But then then the, the call to action that's involved as they're consuming the free content and afterwards is that's great that you can increase conversions on your site. But if you're not getting people to your site, what good are conversions? So click over here and for 50 bucks, you can buy my traffic training, right? Mm. So also you're giving away something for free and your average cart value is is high. Right. Awesome. Awesome. So before we go, sometimes it's just super helpful to say, all right, here's all the all the things that you can do right and here's how to do it and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes you just need to stop doing the things that are bad, that yeah. suck, <laughs> right? Like that are just gonna cause you major problems. What are some of the like top one, two, or three? Like, what are the biggest boneheaded mistakes? 
that you see people doing all of the time. And you're just like, you guys, if you would just not do this, you'd be so much better off. Good question. So one that I see often is when you're running a Facebook ad, there's a call to action button that you can choose one of one of like eight choices or something. And people, they feel like they want to use the soft one that, you know, the, the watch more or learn, click here to learn more. Right. And it's a very gentle approach and it, it's not scary to click on that. Right. Whenever we run that button, it does not convert anywhere near as when we switch the button out to the hardest one we can think of. Buy now, shop now, book now, apply now, like, like make it like, like if you're clicking through, I want you to take action kind of a button, right? Right. Those ones out convert the other ones. And I, and I think it's just because people might be kind of timid to ask for the sale. Hmm. Man, that's a, that's a really great tip. I don't think we've ever talked about that actually. That's okay, cool. Anything uh, you you want to add to that, Dean? Yeah, I just I think that's really I've never actually thought about that either. Actually, to you know, you, listening to you say that, I'm now like, oh, that seems quite obvious. Because if I put myself in that frame of mind, if I'm clicking to learn more, then I'm I'm not thinking I'm going here potentially to buy. I'm just window shopping now. I, I'm just popping in exactly. the in the store to learn a bit more about this, and then I'm going to go and think about everything I just learned. <laughs> so the fact you say that makes total sense. And that's the other thing I was going to say, James. The way you pre-frame what they're going to experience on the web page. Mm-hmm is everything like we ran two ads the video itself was identical okay the video was 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 identical and it was a high produced video and it, it was you know it was very well done the only difference was the copy around it and the video was a story it was just like an epiphany bridge story it was just an anecdote that taught you know a lesson that helped me understand and helped me conclude the same thing that you've already drawn the conclusion of right and that was what the video was, and it, and it was very well done. And the, I thought the video was awesome. The text around one of the ads that we were split testing was all about consuming the video. This video is amazing. you got to watch this. You'll learn this. This is a great video. Do this thing. Of course, what we wanted them to do was to click through and buy the book on the page. But for some reason, we thought we weren't thinking through that, right, Dean? Like you said, we were just like, okay, what's some good copy right here? Well, let's tell them how cool the video is so they'll watch the video, right? And so they did. They watched the video. And... A lot of them clicked through, but no one was buying the book off of that ad. And it was it was just blew me away how different it was when we split tested changing the language to be on this next page. There's this book that's going to teach you all this stuff. You hear about it in the video, but go buy this book. Go check it out on the page. And then, the you know, the call to action button was go buy the book, right? Or buy now or whatever. And so the copies, we swapped it out to just pre-frame the sale. Like, you need to go to this page and buy this book. And watch this video, by the way, because it's a good epiphany to tell you, help you understand why you need to go buy the book. That ad just hmm. crushed the other one when it yeah, came to sales. That's uh, not not when it came to click throughs. It was almost on par when it came to people clicking through. But when it came to them buying on the next page, which is bizarre because usually you try to isolate it. No, the ad's good. It's getting good click throughs, right? But then no one's buying on the page. So it must be the page's problem. Well, if you change the preframe on the ad, it might fix your page magically. And by preframe for like all the people who are listening that don't necessarily understand that that lingo, that's just what are you getting the people to think they're going to do when they actually get to the page, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about think about it like this. A way to think about preframe, and I think Stephen Larson did it, said it really well on his podcast recently. He was at a convention, and, and the, the MC would talk about the people going to come up on stage, and he'd be like, yeah, so the good kid, the next guy's name is Dean Holland. He's going to come on stage, and I don't know. Dean's probably pretty cool, so maybe listen to him, right? <laughs> and so then Dean pops on stage, and Dean's got this super dead audience. Right? Yeah. And so Steven actually went to the guy, and he's like, okay, you can't do that for me. This is what you're going to say, and <laughs> this is how you're going to say it. And the MC's like, oh, okay, good idea, you know? So he's like, Steven Larson's amazing. You guys put your hands together. Get up on your feet. This is going to be awesome. And then Steven Larson comes on stage, and the audience is alive for him. Right. Yeah. 
Well, think of the same thing with your ad, right? Preframe it. Say, so you're going to go to my page. It's going to be amazing. This is why. So preframe your page on your offer. Mm. I don't know if you guys have read Robert Cialdini's new book, Presuasion, but he talks a lot about this in terms of just like the thing that matters more than anything is what the person was doing before they come into the store or yeah. before you ask for the donation or whatever. And, you know, he had this one example. I think it was, it was either influence or persuasion. I don't remember which, which of his books it was, but they wanted to get people to put these signs up in their neighborhood that said, Hey, slow down. Like we've got kids playing around here. And they went up to people first, uh, you know, a week before they were going to actually go and ask them for that. And they just like did a survey and they were like, Hey, are you the type of person that cares about children? And who's going to say no? Like, no, I hate children, right? (laughs) And so everybody said yes. And then when they came out later on and said, hey, are you willing to put a sign in your yard to get people from to slow down and not hit the kids? Like the vast majority of those people who had already said, hey, I love children, it was like a no-brainer. And then the people who hadn't been approached before – and they said, hey, will you put a sign up in your yard to you know, stop people from driving? They were like, no, I don't think I want to do that. Right. And it was just yeah, exactly. it was just this whole crazy experiment. But it goes it, it's exactly what you're talking about here. The preframe and what happens before is like just as if important, if not sometimes more important than uh, what actually happens when you get there. So. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I you got to use it in your personal life, too. I'm trying to get better at communication in my personal life and the same the same concept. Like if you go up and you're like, OK really awkward question here. Um, in fact, I'm not even sure if you're going to like it. And then you deliver the question. How do you preframe that? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and people do all, we do it all the time, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. Almost like, you know, apo- apology for this question before I ask it. And then you ask the question, well, they're, they're already on their guard, right? Instead you're like super excited. This is amazing. Okay. This is so cool. You're going to love this. This is awesome. And then you give them the same question, right? Even if it's like, you're asking him for a million bucks. Be like, no, but you're going to love it because it's right. <laughs> because this offer, what I'm going to do with it is so awesome. Can I have a million bucks? You know what I mean? And it's so different than like, yeah. Anyway, preframe stuff in your life too. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's uh, really awesome on the, uh, on the whole, the whole piece of it, but that's especially insightful on those call to action buttons. That's very cool. We're going to wrap it up here. Dean, do you have any, uh, any parting shots for, uh, for John? <laughs> no, I just want to say, uh, thanks. I've took a ton of notes here again. I think one of my biggest takeaways just to share this is to really understand where you're actually playing as in like one of the things I loved what you said earlier on in the podcast, John, was how you really understand that how people are, are actually playing on Facebook, you know, they're scrolling. You ha- And I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody really go into understanding that as, as well as what you explained. You know, people just kind of go in there, they put up some ads and they judge it just based on, oh, this is either working or it's not working. You You have a real deep understanding before you've even placed the ad, like, what do I need to achieve here to make this ad work? I think that's just made me personally think in a different way. So I just want to thank you for that and for everything else you've shared. It's been awesome. Oh, for sure, guys. It's been a pleasure being on. Yeah, absolutely. So so awesome, John. And I love, we talked about this, you know, Facebook ads for however long we've been on the show, but none of this was like technical, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of people get the feeling like, oh man, like if we're going to have a conversation about Facebook ads, it's going to be a technical sort of conversation. But the truth is like, there's all this underlying psychology of buying and marketing and positioning and everything that that I've been so uh, so happy that you've been able to bring to us today. It's been very, very cool. If I could say one thing about that real quick in parting, James. So like I'm I'm so on board with you, right? So 
I, to tell you the truth, I've got this dude from Pakistan, and he's amazing at the technical side of the ads. And I've trained him to do it exactly how I want him to do it. And it's taken me months, but I love it, right? And I outsource to him. And I do it all the time. And so once I have an ad account kind of up and running, you know, like I've kind of tested things out and understood the waters and understand how my people are interacting and stuff like that, I'll turn it over to him. And I'll be like, hey, you are the mechanical machine, right? You just do things so I can be creative. And I think entrepreneurs would benefit in, in keeping that mindset available. See who you can bring on, who not necessarily is going to be your creative, but who's going to be your just your mechanical. And you, main, you, you keep hold of the creative because you understand it. You understand your people, your demographics, stuff like that. And you think through things and then you deliver to you know your implementer and say, look, say this. Here's the images. Do it like I taught you how to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it, it frees you up. Yeah. yeah. Frees you up to be creative. Yeah. Well, the, the architect is not the same guy who builds the house, is he? Yeah. He's the guy who, you know, has the creative inspiration, designs it, and then it gets handed off to the people who, who actually build the house. So, so that's, uh, that's, that's your model. I mean, it's like, you're not hiding anything here. It's like, this is how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll initially do the mechanical just because I, you know, like most entrepreneurs, you, you got to know how to do it. Right. You got to be there so you can then make sure that's happening right. And so on every new offer we put up, I'm there first and I'm 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 doing the mechanical. I'm putting it in. But once I wanted to go more autopilot, mm. I mean, we have offers that, that have been running for three or four years and it's the same offer to nearly the same audiences. We just switch up creative and stuff like that. I just let him autopilot it. You know, he adjusts targeting as needed. He adjusts ad sets, spend up and down as needed and stuff like that because I can't be there or I lose my creativity if I'm there too much. Mm. Awesome. And if that's lost, then a lot of the goodness that comes from that gets lost too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here, John. Dean Holland, always a pleasure co-hosting a show with your good looking self. (laughs) And for everybody else, this is a wrap for us here. Just a tips. I'm James P. Friel signing off and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to just the tips where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.